following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Everybody good out there? Cool day, wasn't it? Just hang loose when it's cool. I'll tell you what, man, it, it was hot today, and, and uh, I was out plowing the fields. Didn't have an air-conditioned tractor. It was hot. That's what my daddy used to tell me all the time. Son, one day you're going to grow up and be a man. You're going to have to plow some fields in an unair-conditioned tractor. And I never have. <laughs> but I have plowed some fields. And I'm fixing to plow one here tonight. And the Lord's in this house. I am humbled. I am humbled. Uh, I really am. I'm humbled that that God said, I'm going to show up and show out a little bit before you get to talk tonight, son. And he did. When people respond to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit just keeps pouring on. You know, it's like, it's like rain when it comes down and it has to evaporate. It's like our praise going up. More rain is going to come down. When our praise goes up, more rain is going to come down. And so there is a, there's a beautiful presence of God here tonight and I am humbled and I am I'm small in this house tonight because I feel like God has something so great for so many people. I flat out enjoyed this series. The first week we talked about a little boy that went to the ocean and filled his bottle half full of water. And the, the man that took him said, why you did that? He said, I save room for the tide. And there's always got to be a place in our church service for the tide of the Spirit to come in. There's always got to be a place. You remember that lesson? There's always going to have to be a place where we save room for the tide. Then the next week we talked about disciples in a cornfield and they ate on the Sabbath and the Pharisees rebuked them and their hunger was stronger than tradition. They said it's not right for you to do that on the Sabbath. And, and uh, Jesus rebuked them and said David went into the, to the holy place and he took bread that was meant for the priest and gave it to his men. Because when you get hunger, when you get hungry, it's stronger than any tradition that's trying to hold you back from what God has for you. And you've got to, you've got to just take away denominational lines. You've got to take it away. And you've got to understand that this is me and God. And we're going to have a, a relationship in our lives. And then last week we talked about the wonder of the wind. Jesus called the Holy Spirit the wind. And whatever Jesus calls it is what I want to call it. Because the wind's going to blow. It blows everywhere. You can't stop it. You can't quarantine it. It's going to blow. And I'm so happy the wind is still blowing in the world today. And people are still receiving the baptism of the Spirit. And what a great joy it is to be in church tonight. Amen. Amen. Now, tonight we're going to talk about the last portion of this, Ghost 4. And I hate that we're shutting this series down because I've really, really enjoyed it. And in fact, I could go another four weeks, but we have other things planned on our schedule. And so we're going to shut it down for now. We'll probably talk about it again in the fall. It's my favorite subject of all time to talk about. And I love to speak about it because what happens when you get to talking about the Holy Spirit, He just kind of comes in and takes it out of your hands. He says, I got it now. And when people start yielding to that, then things start happening in their life. Would you stand all over the house? You're awesome people. And and it's already 8 o'clock and I need to run because I held you a little late last week. 
But boy, didn't we have some good music last week in this house. Man, wasn't the music good tonight in the house? I love our, I love our music, our, our, our praise and worship pastor, Pastor Randy. He, he yields himself to the Spirit, and he always comes prepared. And that's good stuff. And the musicians are always in order, and they're always synced, and it's so good. And we trade, trade out places up here, but it's always beautiful. It's always so rightly done, and I'm just honored to follow that kind of music. Ghost 4. And you that wonder why I call it Ghost, I'll share it with you one more time, and this is the last time. When I was passing in Dallas, several people came in and were saved and received the Spirit. And the old father back home heard about it, and he got a little aggravated at the preacher because he thought I was putting powder on them or throwing some kind of oil on them. I was putting some kind of spell on them. And uh, so I went to see him one day, and I was in my middle to late 20s, about 27 years old. I went to pastor that church when I was 25, and I couldn't spell pastor. But we, we made it somehow. God helped us, and we leaned on him. I couldn't even spell pastor, really. But the bottom line, the bottom line is I went in his house that night, and he said, you stay right there. You stay right there. He said, you got any of that powder on you? I said, no, sir, I don't have any powder on me. I got tickled. It used to he said, you got some of that oil you're going to sling on me? I said, I don't have any of that oil, sir. He said, I don't want none of that ghost. I don't want none of that ghost. And so the old man became my friend. We used to have coffee. He served some strong coffee. But he never wanted the ghost. So here tonight, I'm going to preach about the ghost one more time with the help and the grace of God. Turn to somebody and say, I'm going to help the pastor speak. And you may be seated. I love you very much. And while you're on your way down, I have a dear friend in this house. He's more than just a member. He's my friend. His name is Dale right here. And Dale's birthday is June the 19th. He's born on Juneteenth. He's born on Juneteenth. By the way, happy Juneteenth, everybody. It's a great day. It's an emancipation day. And it started in Texas. It started in Texas. God bless Texas. Happy birthday, Dale. Speaking tonight again about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the word from the Old Testament translated as spirit is the word ruach. It's a wind, it's a breath, it's a violent exhalation. In the New Testament, the Greek word translated as spirit is the word pneuma. It's a current of air, a blast of breath, and a strong breeze. Tonight, I speak again about the power of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, we see the power of the Spirit working in multiple ways. The Holy Spirit gave Joseph skill to rule over Egypt. That was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave Joshua military power. It gave two unknown men the power to work in their crafts. It says so. The Holy Spirit gave words to prophets to speak over God's people. The Holy Spirit came upon Gideon and gave him power to lead the people of God into battle and defeat 300, with 300 men all the people of Midian. In Judges chapter 4, verse 6, as hard as it is to believe, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson in power so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands. In 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 6, shows the words of Samuel to Saul. The Spirit of the Lord, he said, will come upon you in power and you will prophesy with them and you will be changed into a different person. I love that. You'll be changed into a different person. 
The New Testament sees the power of the Holy Spirit everywhere. Jesus was conceived in Mary by the power of the Holy Spirit. The angel told Mary when she wondered, how can this be? I don't even know a man. The angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And that shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. And when Jesus gave his life for us and was buried, the word says he was raised again from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. And before Jesus ascended to heaven, he promised his followers that he would send them a gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And now he said, I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Everybody say, let it be, Lord, let it be. That same powerful spirit is available to all of us who believe in Jesus today. The Holy Spirit is the gift to the believers in this world. If you have your Bibles, you might want to turn to Acts 1. If not, just look at the screen in just a moment. And as you're doing that, I'm curious how many of you are Christians and believers. Would you lift your hands all over the house? You believe. Come on, you're a believer. Raise your hand. All right, let's, let's ask another way. How many is not because nobody's raising their hand? Okay, let's do it one more time. How many believers are in the house here tonight? Come on, raise your hands. All right, that's good. Don't be afraid to lift your hands and say, I believe in Jesus Christ. All right. Now, I'm curious, I'm curious, how many of you would say, I know someone who's a Christian that seems to have more spiritual power than I do? And I know someone like that. Sometimes you will see other people and they seem to have just a little bit more of something than you do spiritually. And when they pray, their prayers sound powerful. And you think, if I were God, I'd answer their prayers. <laughs> I don't know about mine, but I'd answer theirs. Others you're in conversation with and they, they can quote a Bible verse for everything and you're saying, how do they do that? How does it happen? Or sometimes things go wrong and they are, they're not shaken. They seem to have this real deep spiritual assurance and you think, how do they seem to have more power than I do? The answer could be that they do have more power than you. Let me just say it. They may have more power than you. See, there are people sitting around you that are more surrendered to the power that is available from God through the Holy Spirit. And when you surrender yourself totally to him, he will totally fill you with total joy unspeakable and full of glory. Somebody help me now. Now let me explain. I remember when we bought the property next door and Damon, my son-in-law, there was a lot of trees on that property. And Damon, my son-in-law, did the cutting and cleaning of the land. And as he sawed the trees down, they could not be cut so, but so low with the chainsaw. And one day, I came to work and there was an excavator tractor on the property. And Damon had rented it for one reason. Try as they might, he and his men. They could not have never gotten the root system out. They cut them branches in that trunk so low, then they couldn't get the root out. They would still be digging right now if they were still using what they had before the excavator came. So many trees, so many root systems. But here came the excavator. And it pushed the root system right out of the ground, folks, in minutes. It was like, oh, you're there, you're gone. The excavator was a tractor I called on steroids. <laughs> it really was. It was a tractor on steroids. And it pushed the roots right out. And after cutting the trees into segments, the tractor loaded them into a truck and boom, before you could say hallelujah, the lot was clean. 
See, Christians all over the world today are putting on their little gloves and taking out their little shovels and they're saying, we're gonna live this Christian life. And they strive and they fight and battle and they don't get very far. You know why? Because people are trying to live the Christian life in their own strength. Will you let me talk to you tonight? When a far greater power is available for you right now. The Bible says to those of you who believe in Christ, you have access to the very same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Would you like to be able to get up on any situation and say, you're not gonna hold me down? Would you like to be able to stand up against anything trying to knock you down and say, not today, Satan? Would you like to have the power that only Jesus Christ can give through the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I'm telling you, everybody in this house, God wants to fill with that overwhelming power in your life. In Acts chapter one, the context, Jesus has already died on the cross and he rose from the grave and he was with his disciples having a conversation with them. And before he would ascend into heaven, here's what went down. In Acts chapter one, verse four, in the NIV, he said on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Greek word translated here, baptized, is the word baptizo. B-A-P-T-I-Z-O. And this word means to immerse you, to dunk you in water. That's why when we baptize you, we immerse in this church. We put you under the water. And for those who are really bad, we hold you under a little longer. We want the bubbles to start coming up, baby. This is what Jesus is talking about. He didn't say you were just going to be filled. He said you're going to be immersed. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In other words, you're going to be overwhelmed. You're going to be overcome. You're going to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. It's not going to be just a little old trickle. It's going to be an overwhelming flow of something that's going to baptize you immensely from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. And I promise you, it is for everybody in this world. Verse eight, Acts one, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The word power there comes from the Greek word dunamis. We talked about it last week. It means dynamite. It means a force, a miraculous power an explosive power of God. When you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, you'll have the explosive power of God in your life. So who was Jesus talking to? You ready for this? His disciples. He wasn't talking to street people. He's talking to his 12, who for the last three years hadn't got much right. <laughs> never one time did Jesus say, man, I've never seen such great faith in you guys. I can't believe I get to be here with y'all. Wow. But over and over he said, don't you get it, guys? Don't you see it? You're with me and you still don't have faith? 
And Peter said, those other guys are terrible, Lord. They're terrible. Charles Barkley's word, they're terrible, Lord. But I'll never forsake you. And just before the cross, he denied the Lord three times. And when the Lord was on the cross, only one of 12 showed up. 11 were cowering somewhere in some locked room. And one was contemplating suicide and he followed through with it. And after resurrection, Jesus walks into the room and shows himself to them and they don't believe it. They said the women told us about you being resurrected, but they didn't believe it because they didn't believe a woman's tale. But we still don't believe. And Thomas heard from others and he said, I still don't believe. I got to see it for myself. And then now Jesus is saying, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Here's what it does. Ordinary people become extraordinary with the Holy Spirit baptism. Come on, clap your hands on that. Ordinary people become extraordinary with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, Pastor, Pastor. I'm not afraid. afraid. Don't you dare be afraid. This is the greatest thing I could ever preach to you on a Wednesday night. You will be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the world. So what he's saying is take off your little gloves, put down your shovels. I've got an excavator to introduce to you. It's an earth mover. (laughs) It's a world changer. It's something that you'll never be the same once you have it in your life. It's something that you can walk through the fire and it will not burn you. You can climb the mountain and it will not overwhelm you. You can go through a a dark tunnel and come out on the other side. You can walk through the water and it will not overwhelm you. Because when you have the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside, you are hell's stop sign. You are hell's stop sign. He says, I can't handle that. And you hear me, hell cannot curse what God has filled and what God has baptized. He can't do it. So tonight, tonight, I want to give you four distinct qualities that the power of the Holy Spirit wants to give to all believers. Are you ready for it? See, Jesus is saying, you can't do for me what I need you to do without me working through you. So you need me to work through you. Number one, the Holy Spirit gives you power to share Christ boldly. How many of you, when religious talk comes up at the water cooler, you get a little bashful? Don't raise your hand because don't have to identify. I'm not trying to embarrass you. You know, mm. hope they don't start talking about the Holy Spirit around here. Because Lord Jesus, they think I'm crazy if I got that Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2 said, my message, Paul said, and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest in human wisdom, but on God's power. Paul was saying, my speech is contemptible. I'm not the best speaker. I'm not eloquent. But when I show up, I allow the Spirit's power to work through me. And things happen. A man falls out of the window one night and breaks himself up pretty bad. And Paul goes down and lays hands on him. See, you don't sit in the window when Paul's preaching because he was boring. And you'll go to sleep on him and fall out the window. But Paul went down and laid hands on him and raised him from the dead. 
It's not about enticing words. It's about the demonstration of the power of God. I stand with Paul tonight. I'm not eloquent. I don't consider myself a great statesman of the gospel. But God takes my words. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he can speak directly to the need in your heart. You hear me? He can do it. I remember my first revival. Anybody ever been to Walnut Hill, Louisiana? You can go to heaven without going there, I promise. <laughs> I stayed with a little 78, 80-year-old woman named Ida Wisby. And she gave me counsel every night on my preaching. It was my first revival. You got to understand my first revival. And I didn't have anybody telling me how good I was going to be in life and how great it was going to be. I had a pastor tell me I wasn't no more called to preach than a piano. And he threw trash in the floor and said, pick it up. That's all you'll do when you preach. And get out of here and go do it, but you'll be back. And I said, I'll never be back. I'm going to preach this gospel. But she gave me counsel every night on my preaching. She said one night, that sermon needed help. 78, 80 years old. You think I'm going to argue with that? I'm 20 years old. Another night she said, that wasn't bad. That was not bad tonight. And another night she said, that was better tonight. My question, I said, better than what? She said, better than the night before. And I said to her one night, I said, Sister Ida, that was Holy Ghost preaching tonight. She said, not all of it was spirit because it was just good. It wasn't great. Every night. I couldn't beat her. She was 78. She was smart. But she didn't believe the astronauts had landed on the moon in 1969. We'd get on that sometime. I wanted her to get off the preaching kick and get on the, the men landed on the moon. She said they didn't land. They was out there in New Mexico. They landed in New Mexico. <laughs> then I got to thinking, does she even know what preaching is? But I must have improved because the next place I went, man came up to me and said, that sermon would have been awful if there hadn't been an anointing on your life of the Holy Spirit. Well, thank you. That's, a, that's what you call a <laughs> passive aggressive. He said, you said nothing, but the Holy Ghost said a whole lot. So I got this phobia. I couldn't give an invitation. I couldn't give an altar call, whatever you call it. I thought nobody wanted what I preached about. So I would let pastor give the call. I would preach my heart out and I'd say, pastor, come and make the call. You know these people better than me. And he would and many would come and receive the spirit and be healed and be saved. And, and the enemy told me nothing you said mattered. Nothing you said mattered. God had to use the pastor to do the work of the spirit. Then one day, one day I was about to turn it to the pastor and he walked up to the pulpit and laid hands on me in front of the whole world and the church. And he declared boldness in my preaching. He declared boldness in my living. He declared boldness in my calling. He declared boldness in my soul winning. And boldness got a hold of me. And the next revival, I was in Lake Charles, Louisiana. And one night, I just felt compelled to go down to a dance hall that subbed as a bar. And I went in there and I pulled out a chair and put it in the middle of the floor. And when the music stopped, I stepped up in that chair and I stood up and declared that there was a church a block away. And if anyone wanted Jesus, they were welcome. Maybe it's a little bit too much. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I was led out of the hall by the owner and the bouncers. True story. I'll face God with that one day. I still cry about it because the owner... When he got me outside, he sent the bouncers back in. He said, you know, I used to know the spirit in my life. I used to have a Pentecostal experience in my life. And, 
My mama raised me Pentecostal and he said, you know what, I'd like to get back to that one day, son. Maybe you didn't come for anybody else but me. Now, I would not advise that. Don't anybody go into a bar or a dance hall here. No, don't do that. But I was never afraid again because there's something about the Holy Spirit. That when you open your mouth, God will fill it (laughs) with awesome things. He'll give you understanding. He'll give you grace. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you knowledge. He said you'll stand before kings, you'll stand before leaders and important people and you will be bold. And when you witness, you'll witness with boldness, not overbearingness, but boldness. So I want every one of us to pray tonight before we leave for boldness. God, give us boldness. The disciples prayed for it. God hears prayers, really seriously, he hears prayers. The second thing that the Spirit does is the Spirit will give you power when you're weak. Wow. Romans 8 said in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Hallelujah. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit literally prays for us. We don't know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit does. Get the shovel out of your hands. Get the gloves off. You can't do this on your own. You must have, you gotta have, Help from the Lord. I used to work out at a gym on Lamar here and I met some big guys there. I met the undertaker there one day and I thought he's going to take me out. <laughs> one of the sweetest guys I ever met in my life. And one came up to me one day and said, hey preacher, I used to be a little guy. Do you know that? This guy looked like Schwarzenegger or something. <laughs> and I said, you're lying. I said, you're lying. You're not telling me the truth. He showed me pictures. It was the same guy. He was about a 98-pound weakling. He wasn't anymore. It's amazing what a little workout can do. I had a trainer. We used to finish the workouts with what is called a burnout. And some of you guys that work out understand what a burnout is. And a burnout is when you get, you get a set of lightweights. You have lightweights, maybe just, just, just real light, and you have as many reps, do as many reps as you can. And something's happened when you're doing them because you're not lifting heavy stuff. You're just lifting. You're doing reps. A second wind comes sometime. It's unreal. It's like a second wind. I hate to say this, but I backslid from that kind of weightlifting stuff. Oh, I still lift stuff. It's from Brenham, Texas. But the Bible speaks of building up your most precious faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. I was made aware of two men a few years ago. In fact, they visited this church, and I want to show you a picture. This is Ronnie Coleman. Let me show you. That's Ronnie. He's my buddy. And if a fight breaks out, he's on my team. That's Ronnie. And then the next one is Corey Matthews. Let me show you Corey. That's Corey. Corey, don't, Corey looks like a little old, little old young'un upside. Show Ronnie again. Show Ronnie. Ronnie was Mr. Universe eight times. Eight times. He beat Schwarzenegger's record. Eight times he was Mr. Universe, and he came to church here, and I hugged his neck, and he sat over here and heard me preach one night. They're from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Show me, show me Corey again. All right, there's Corey. All right, I love you, Corey. 
Now let me tell you a little bit about Corey. Corey was raised in Las Vegas, Nevada. Leave his picture up there, yeah. I love you, bro. <laughs> Come see me. You can join the watch team. <laughs> He's a preaching the gospel. Let me tell you about him. He was raised in Las Vegas by two prostitutes. He was a little guy, but he was mean as a junkyard dog, he said. And he got in a lot of fights, and he got in a gang, and one day he was facing 30 to 40 years in prison. And his uncle started the gang called the Crips. His uncle was the starter, the initiator of the Crips. The judge said at the trial, though, he looked down at Corey and he said, I don't know why I'm doing this, Corey, but I'm giving you freedom. I'm going to give you probation. But if I ever see you in this court again, you're going for the rest of your life to prison. Do you understand that? But what the judge didn't know was Corey, while he was in jail awaiting trial, a minister had come and preached the gospel and Corey had been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And the judge, oh, let me talk now. The judge did not know that. He didn't realize that. But something just said, I'm gonna let you go free. And so Corey started preaching on the streets and converting gang members. In fact, he got leaders of gang members together one day on the street and the Holy Spirit came and all those boys got saved and many of them received the baptism of the Holy Spirit right there on that corner. Now watch this. And so he said, we need to have the city officials, we need to go to the city officials and sign a peace treaty by all these gang members. Many had the Holy Spirit by now, thanks to Corey Matthews. So they were invited to this luncheon, all these gang members, and Corey was the leader because he was the preacher man. And Corey saw all kinds of important people at this meeting. But he turns and looks, and he looks straight into the eyes of the judge that put him on probation several years ago. And the judge said, I thought I told you if I ever saw you again. He said, sir, this is not a courthouse. And the judge hugged him. He said, Corey, you've done such a remarkable job. Here's what I want to tell you, folks. The Holy Spirit can take you from the meanest, baddest, ugliest, self-loathing person in the world and put a strength in you because when you are weak, he is strong. And it's not this kind of strength. It's this kind of strength. Amen. Come on, let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. They hugged each other and they're best friends now. I'm gonna call them both and I'm gonna ask them to come down and visit our church so you can meet these guys. My, my, my. Paul's thorn in the flesh. He said three times he asked God to remove it and the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, will I boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, he makes me strong. You don't have to go through the whims and the what's of life because when the Holy Spirit is a hold of your life, when you're the weakest that you are, God makes you the strongest you'll ever be. Let's clap our hands and rejoice to that third thing I want to talk about, third thing. He'll give you power to have hope in a hopeless world. Say power to have hope. hope. Romans 15 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Please take pictures of these scriptures so you can go home and look at them. 
Everybody say overflow with hope. By the power of the Spirit. You know, most people's lives are like this little bottle of water here. Can you see it? It's about a third full. And when a couple things happen, now watch this. They lose a little. It'll dry off. And they lose a little more. And when third thing happens, they lose everything they've ever had in this, in this bottle. Everything's gone. And they're empty. And so they come back to the house of God on Sunday. And we preach and they get full. They get, they get, they get a little, little in their system, you know. They get a little bit more in their system. And they say, well, I think I can make it for another week. And then they go out and they get hit again. And they stumble again. And they make another mistake. And before you know it, they're empty again. So they come back. But what God wants to do, God wants you to come here. And instead of running out, he wants you to overflow. There's no sense in living on the underside when you can live on the top side of life. Come on, clap your hands. There's no need in living on the bottom side when you can live on the top side filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We must, please be seated. Give me five more. We must have hope in God. Anything else is limited. Hope in ourselves is limited. Hope in other people is limited. Hope in circumstances is limited. If you're hurting, if you're afraid, put your hope in God. It's unlimited. If you lose your job, continue to hope in God. It's unlimited. If someone you know is sick, hope in God. Let the Holy Spirit be the healer, the comforter. If you lose someone who's close to you, put your hope in God. Paul said, we don't grieve as those that have no hope. We have a hope beyond this world. Hallelujah. And the last and the final thing that the Holy Spirit will give you, the Holy Spirit will give you power to experience all the fullness of God. Everybody say power. I believe that so many people have reduced Christianity down to the lowest common denominator. I really do. Lord, what must I do to be saved? We need to take the must out. What will you do? What will you do for me? How, how, how can I? What must I do? No. What will I do for you? Paul said, what will you, know, you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And the Philippian jailer said, what must I do? And Paul wrote 14 books of the New Testament. The Philippian jailer was never heard from again. Basically, Christianity for so many people today is, yeah, I believe in God. Yeah, I did the Jesus prayer thing. I checked that box right there. I got baptized maybe. I joined a church. I read the Bible every now and then. And then maybe some kind of like sort of I try to be a good person. And so many Christians really don't look and act much different than the world. They're still hurting. They're still addicted. They're still filled with worries. They're still broke. They're still struggling, still failing in life's decisions, still struggling in marriages. No real faith, no real victory. Why? There's no power. There is no power. The Holy Spirit will give you power to experience all the fullness of God. Paul prayed for the Ephesians this way. I pray that out of his glorious riches, God may strengthen you with power. That power comes through the Spirit. I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power. Say it, say it, power. power. Why? Because you need the power. That you may have power together with the saints to grasp how wide 
and how long and how high and how deep the love of Christ is. And to know that this love surpasses the knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Everybody say fullness. Many people have to wonder, is there more to Christianity? There's got to be more than doing the big bad stuff and trying to do some good stuff. The answer is yes, there is so much more. See, there's two kind of presences in the world. One is the abiding presence. The Bible said God is omnipresent. He's always around. He's always here. He's abiding. But then there's what we call the manifest presence. And some of us need to walk under the manifest presence of God. We need to let the manifest presence of God be on. There's a constant presence of God through the Holy Spirit that you can have with you and in you. That will manifest the fruit of the Spirit. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And I'm done. Randy, if you'll help me. And that you can be led by the Spirit. You can walk by faith and not by sight. And you can have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Supernatural strength rooted and established in the very secure love of Jesus Christ. And you can live a supernatural and abundant life in a natural world. So get your hands up now. Throw them up. Throw them up all over the building. Get your hands up. Jesus. Here we go. Get your hands up right now. I want you to pray this prayer with me while you're sitting down. The Bible said they were sitting. <laughs> the Holy Spirit came. Say, I'm a believer. Unquestionably. But I am not living with this power. But pastor, I believe it's real. And I want it. If there is more of God for me, and he has more for me, I want it. Matthew says, he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. Those hurting with addictions, with struggles, with sickness, with disease, with pain, with divorce, with separation, with stress, draw us to you tonight. Yes, Lord. Let your spirit reign on me, in me, and through me tonight. Clap your hands real big all over the house.